is going to drop for a base hit. Mookie Wilson to retrieve, but the Minnesota Twins are almost to the World Series. As Knobloch and Puckett score, and Ken Herbeck drives in two runs, and it's an 8-5 to five ball game. Took you back a little. Take it back yeah. a little 91 there, Derek. Yeah, that, that'd give you a, just a little tingle? A little, oh, little, yeah, yeah, for right? sure. Well, you know, it's interesting. So during the pandemic, we played back all those games. Yes. So uh, the Twins Radio Network was generous enough to do that because we were jonesing for just any type of competition. <laughs> so even if we had to go back in time and enjoy some world championships, and we've mm. been in such a drought here in the upper Midwest anyway as far as professional sports yes. are concerned. And so I did remember a lot about that American League Championship Series because the Twins, they lost their first – you know, ever playoff game at home, right? Right. And game two, and people kind of forget about that. But then they just steamrolled the Blue Jays after that. Came back in five, and that hit by the heard from Herbeck right there yeah. that drives in a couple. And yeah, it was, and it was. I realized Mookie Wilson was playing in about, the fall of 91. I thought that call, by the way. Now you've got, uh, you know, Bichette and Bijo and Guerrero, but they're all the sons as we talked about. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the playoff baseball day. Uh, PA, great show today. Uh, Lavel sitting out there. A Rod obviously is is part of the broadcast team that's calling it, so he's 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 hanging out at Target Field. We've sent uh, some fans today on a bus with some of our colleagues that are heading to Target Field right now. Uh, it was a great deal. So it, yeah. it it's it's got a feel, Derek. This isn't Game One of the World Series, but it's Game One of the postseason and an opportunity this afternoon. You know, by seven o'clock tonight, uh, will the Twins have taken that? That that uh, albatross weight chip boulder. That's a good <laughs> which, question. Which what, what are we going to call it, Derek? Off their neck, and and put one in the wind column, and then just finish it off if they can tomorrow, and advance and see if they can beat Houston. So that it, it kind of starts today. You know, you can't win two in a row until you win one. Yeah. Dick Bremer coming up at around twenty. We kind of kind of a baseball show today. You know, we didn't have an opportunity. Well, it should be. It, it should it's be a baseball show. First day show. of the postseason. You know? you know, so Dick on today, which is great. Our, our Tuesday uh, conversation with Dick brought to you by Jefferson Lines. And then uh, I mentioned the the, the Red Hawks and American Association won the championship down there in Yucatan, Mexico, the the baseball Champions League tournament. We haven't really had a chance to like congratulate, thank, and what have you. Say, so, you know, when you got so many guys on the team, we could take any, could have grabbed anybody. Sam Dexter might as well grab the captain and uh, the captain joining us today from Florida. I think your future retirement state, oh, yeah. Derek. I think is what that is. So for sure, coming to you live and direct from our Gunderson Jewelry Studio. OMG, oh my Gundersons, and uh, you can find that up down and Maine. On the open, you heard a piece of history now. Every day on the Jack Michael Show, we bring you this day in history, and, and sometimes we tap into something that uh, you know that, that, that's really poignant. You know, some might be even political. Some this and that, and there's a little bit of everything today. 1863, Abe Lincoln, U.S. President, had declared that the last Thursday in November would be recognized as Thanksgiving Day. Happened on this date, Derek. Pretty good history, right? Oh, okay. This date, 1995. My guess is you knew. Exactly where you were on this date, 1995. Think about it for a second. You, I guarantee, it's one of those moments. I guarantee you, you knew where you were when you found out that Renthal James Simpson was acquitted 
of the 1994 murder so of that Nicole, was in October that was on huh? this day 1995 the highlights you heard and and uh Derek and I were kind of chatting about this uh off air and I was chatting with uh, the morning show on our sister station KFGO Joel Heikamp and I were kind of uh, pinballing back and forth some things today too but the highlights you heard was uh, was Russ Hodges and the year was 1951 and the New York Giants and the Brooklyn Dodgers were squaring off. And to say that there was a little, <laughs> little rivalry, a little bit of heat there when you're, you know, when you're the New York Giants, you have the Polo Grounds, Brooklyn Dodgers, all that. Uh, the shot heard around the world on a walk-off homer by Bobby Thompson. That was off Ralph Bronca, if that name sounds familiar, in, at the Polo Grounds. Which, and in, in if, in if think about the Polo Grounds, Derek, the Polo Grounds. It got to be the deepest ballpark I've ever seen photos of, you know. And, it's and, and the, even hearing Maury talking about yeah. playing in the Polo Grounds, right, Derek? Like four hundred and yeah, very, very unique dimensions, and that's being kind huge, yeah. huge on that. Well, it's almost like it's a, it's like a a shield, almost like a like one of the big shield, right? <laughs> with the, but like not not a round one, but like a, you know what I'm getting at? Or just it, like the. Because right center and left center go way out. Way out. Like like from here to Holly, Minnesota. And we're in Fargo. Yeah. <laughs> That's how deep that fit. But you're right. And Bobby Thompson pulled his down the uh, the left field. Not directly down the line, but the left field. Maury once told me that in Polo Grounds, he, uh, he hit a ball and was uh, round of the bases and went back of the bench sitting before the ball got back in the infield. And I believe it. Wow. <laughs> it was deep in, in center field. But... Um, I, I we don't I don't know if it's the most famous call in sport. It, it obviously it's subjective. I mean, uh, well, I, I think the most famous one I, 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 happened in Lake Placid, that's but that's right, just me. That's right. That's right. So I don't know if it's the second most famous call in the history of sport. It's up there, but it's got to be. Are we up doing there. Mount Rushmore of calls now? I well, I just thought that you know, there's a line drive. It's going to be, I believe, yeah. the Giants when they're pen of the Giants when they're pen of the Giants. When they're, there's something about the repetition. Of Russ Hodges, the Giants win the pennant, the Giants win the pennant, the Giants win the pennant. You have no doubt as a listener. And that 1951, so Derek, that game is being heard. I believe, if, if I'm not mistaken, we had, we had boys in Korea and, and ladies, but we had people in Korea. You know, it was, it was just known. That that's why they called the shot heard around the world. Um, poignant, to your point on, on do you believe in miracles? Yes. And I don't, and that's the best part about today. We are entering baseball's postseason where calls stick, where calls stick. Jack Buck's probably got about two or three of them by himself. So I, 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 uh, I thought about this today and I brought it up on our sister station. You don't have to blend them. But if we did, instead of a Mount Rushmore, your the, the the great the call that sticks with you the most maybe the we'll go top two we'll go two by two today since it's a Tuesday like a double shot Tuesday uh, two by two on the text club at three five two seven or you can call them in Derek and I have already basically said that do you believe in miracles yes probably stands alone Derek can we just put that and and put that off the table because it's just it's probably now Al Michaels miracle. It's it's alone. Well, because no one in the country, unless you hate where you live, 
right. doesn't so, cringe when they hear that call. Like, I'm sure Braves fans don't like to hear you. We'll, we'll see you tomorrow night, right? Right. But we'll, we'll take the, the do you believe in miracles, yes, and just set that aside as saying, you know what, we're going to grant that as, 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 as the greatest call in, yes. in sport. Okay, so, so you don't have to text that one in. So we're doing your other top two sports calls, the most poignant, famous, um, pick your word, top two sports calls, and top two lines in a movie. Just for giggles. Just for Double Shot Tuesday today. Now, we'll see you tomorrow night, Derek, resonates pretty good in the region. Um, there are a lot of great sports calls out there. So, so... So feel free uh, to text that in, 35270. And then uh, the two <laughs> greatest movie lines ever. So we're looking for call baseball calls and movie lines uh, on that. Uh, sad note, uh, we lost Tim Wakefield. Yeah, I did, that kind of went under the radar. It, and uh, What a talent he was. He sure. and his wife, Stacy have been obviously very private about the, the brain cancer and, and, and has come out. Um, Bad alive, Derek. Fifty-seven years yeah, old. Oh, well, it's just way too young. I, I just, if you don't mind me saying this too, on those lines, uh, just found out a good friend of mine. He was, uh, you know, president over at the Moorhead Bell Bank. Uh, mm-hmm. Bob Booth, very prominent, a lot of stuff in Moorhead, both my hometown. Uh, just my thoughts to him and his family too, because he, he just uh, suddenly on Friday that was announced too that he passed. So, oh my goodness! Yeah, and just way too young and his. You know, mid sixties, just recently retired. So it just my, it's just way, way too much of this. Oh, right, and a lot. Dude. I mentioned our great fan Judy Beach. You know, yeah. I showed you a picture yes. of the, 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 that. Yeah, that that's well, that's a, that's a, that's sad to hear. Into their families, Russ Francis. I, I, and you caught this news, correct? No, you remember Russ Francis? Yes. Yeah. Um, His sister used to work in this building, way back when. I did not know that. Yeah. He's part of a morning show across the hallway here. Uh, Russ passed. It was it Sunday uh, two days ago in a plane crash. Oh my heavens! Um, October first. So what is it? The third. Yeah. So he passed uh, in a plane crash, and and I think Russ had, had went in, and I believe he purchased. He was that was part of the field he was getting into, you know. But a tremendous, tremendous player, and, and Derek, you know, he wasn't that old by any means, and and uh, you know, great tight end, thirteen years. You know, whether you remember him as a Patriot or a uh, uh, 49er, I remember him right? as a 49er, 49er. yeah. I mean, he's a big part of that Walsh era, for right. sure. So we lost for us, Francis. So there's there's a, you know, just a couple of this. This whole week here, as you said, it's been, been kind of busy. Uh, but that that is the uh, the show today. So we'll talk with Dick Bremer, and we will, uh, we'll, uh, we'll talk with Sam Dexter. But I was curious what two, other than Do You Believe in Miracles? Yes. What two calls will you forever have in your mind um, in in the world of sports? And then what two movie lines will you have forever in your mind in the world of movies? The movie one's tough, Derek, because yeah. it, it, the, the fan, we have uh, we have females certainly that listen to this, but we've always had this gender talk with our ladies in the office going, what is it about men that... Remember every line to every movie ever. Well, you ever see the Saturday Night Live skit on Caddyshack? You know how to do your Caddyshack lines one hundred and one <laughs> yeah, yeah. for icebreakers at the office. Yeah, <laughs> if you're working in a new place, yeah, that's very true. <laughs> like, 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 I have two daughters. You know, three sisters. Mom. You know, a lot of a lot of females that I'm surrounded with. Obviously, clearly smarter than I'll ever be.
Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's one thing that, <laughs> that I've remembered over the years is that the context in which movie lines are said. You know, I'm not saying real tomato ketchup, Eddie, is the number, you know, is the top two, Derek. But it's in my head. <laughs> 50 yards. None to be proud of, Rusty. 50 yards. And I go right to, like, vacation. And well, the Caddyshack. I don't know. Well, the Caddyshack, the, it's in the hole. It's been said oh, way too many times. Every time you go golfing with your buddies, for crying out loud. Yeah. Uh, so so the movie line thing is going to be tough today. I think the sports, the, the, I think the, the two greatest calls, and there's a boxing call. I don't want to give them out here, but there's a boxing call that resonates, Derek. Uh, a guy by the name of Joe fighting a guy by the name of George. Mm-hmm. And Joe went down. And we saw the, we heard the remake of that this past baseball season during a fight at, at second base. But anyway, the, uh, uh, but there's a lot. There's a lot, I, I think, for Celtics fans out there. I was a Sixer fan growing up. My brother's a Celtic fan growing up. I think Johnny Most has a couple of, <laughs> couple of calls oh, yeah. if you're a Celtics fan. So that, that to me is the tougher question. Uh, other than do you believe in miracles? Yes. Give me your top two calls that'll be with you. Uh, you remember it the most, so it, it's uh, it's a busy one. But we are kind of giddy today. Yeah, it's a, well, it's fun. Today. It's a good day. It's going to be interesting to talk to Dick. A lot, a lot of stuff to talk about as far as you know. Byron Buxton not on the playoff roster, which is noticeable, but uh, right, I'm not surprised by that. Uh, and nor Joy Gallo, but I think we, you know, that yeah. kind of writing was on that too. A couple. Uh, someone says uh, <laughs> Tommy Likey, Tommy want wingy. <laughs> Good morning, good afternoon, good night, Minnesota. Ooh. Uh, down goes Frazier. Do- see, that's yeah. what I was saying. Yeah. Down goes Frazier. And we'll see it tomorrow night. And the silence you hear is Lambeau Field. Movie Ooh. lines. Hey, Dad, want to have a catch? Field of Dreams 2. Uh, let's see. Go pick me a winner, Bobby, the natural. That's pretty good. Uh, uh-huh. Yo, Adrian, we did it. That's good. Oh. And see, that, uh, Derek, the Twins go the seventh game. It's number one, number two. It was very recent last year. Uh, he's chugging and chugging. He scores. Oh. The Fargo Moore Red Ox, the team from the Red River Valley, sits atop of the American Association. That's for you. That's, that's, a, that's bless your good. heart. Yeah. That came in. yeah, that's pretty near and dear. Also, from uh, the, the last year, just that's a, pretty near and dear. Time. Also, man, um, very nice. What's your name, Helen? You look like a Helen. <laughs> It's some, the wingy thing now just threw me into a Tommy boy. <laughs> it's a tailspin uh, today. The show, yeah, he's chugging and chugging. Yeah, Christian Correa. Um, a rounding third when Leo uh, hits a ball at the middle. Uh, so, I, you know, it's a way to kind of get your juices flowing about sport. Um, you know, PA has had a couple. <laughs> no. <laughs> yes, yeah. Arizona, right? Well, you know, and, and Minnesota bent on this, though. I thought that Joe Buck's call of Diggs' miracle was pretty good. Diggs, it, yeah. unbelievable. I mean, it was yeah. just simple. The you context, know? the visual yeah. was there. Can we mix that with Diggs, unbelievable, and then I'll have what she's having? Is that? Oh, <laughs> You blended them. I love it. That's pretty good. I'll have what she's having might be one of the better lines in the history of movies. <laughs> and Harry met Sally. Yes, <laughs> that's a fantastic get. That's a great call. That's a. I totally forgot about that. That was a Reiner. Was that Reiner's mom? I was trying to be more blue, but I couldn't think of anything no. quickly off the top. Of my head. I'll have what she's having. That's a fantastic call on that. Um, can we have some more beans, Mister Taggart? Anyway, the uh, yeah, see, I should see. We opened up the movie line part to go with the the, the sports ones coming in a three five two seven are tremendous, uh, but those are go crazy, folks, go crazy. You know, as a Cardinals guy, uh, also growing up, you know, you go back to to the mid eighties and eighty five when when Ozzie Smith walked off that home run against the Dodgers in Game Five of the NLCS, 
and Jack Buck. And like I said, Buck's, Buck's got a few of these. Go crazy, folks. Go crazy. It's a home run, and the Cardinals have won the game. Look at how brilliant that line That's is. Good. Even the Giants win the pennant, the Giants win the pennant. You know, it's direct to the point. It's, it tells you what. Uh, that's a great segue. I love if I mix. I don't believe what I just saw, oh. and I'm on the other line with a guy with some white balls. <laughs> we're going to play Blendums. <laughs> I love it. Well, Blendums. Eric Johnson came in here. He said it was, I, it's we like were, before and after a Wheel of Fortune. Yeah, that's kind of so yeah. We, we play Blendums. <laughs> I can't believe what I just saw. I don't know, Lou. <laughs> I don't know. I'm on the wheel. We'll take a break. Dick Bremer. Speaking of a guy that's had a few calls. Uh, four decades plus in the Minnesota Twins. Brought to you by Jefferson Lines. And they bring you our conversation with Dick Bremer, brought to you by Jefferson Lines. You know, coincidentally, we sent a busload of people to Minnesota. Right now, they're probably knee-deep into a 15-pound bear cloth at Annandale, uh, that truck stop, Derek, uh, there at the, uh, on the way to Minneapolis-St. Uh, Paul. Dick Bremer joining us. Dick, congratulations on, on a regular season run for uh, you, the crew, and the, and the Twins. And now today, a brand-new season. I'm sure fans and everybody's excited, Dick, about what's about to take place later today. Yeah, the regular season was fun. Uh, professionally, I'm done. So now I just get to kick back and relax and watch a ball game, which, of course, isn't going to happen because I'll be on the edge of my seat at Target Field like everybody else. <laughs> I, uh, you know, and I, can, I think I can speak on behalf of a lot of fans, with all due respect to all broadcasters that are, that are doing this and televising it. They would, uh, I'd imagine if we pulled them, Dick, they'd want their Dick Bremer in here. And, and Derek and I were just chatting about this. What a what a lovely scene uh, there in Denver with your your colleagues uh, there with the cake and and I know that the uh, the the forty years uh, Dick I think if you're a fan watching as we were we even got choked up a little bit on that Dick. Well, it was uh, completely unexpected and a wonderful gesture by Trevor and Justin and um, yeah it uh, was a special moment. The game itself obviously didn't mean that much, but that was a very meaningful gesture. Uh, for me to have those guys step up and do that. And, uh, yeah, it was uh, a nice way to wrap up what's been an an interesting uh, regular season, but none of it matters now because uh, the new season begins here this afternoon at 3.30. And I won't mention if it's been 40 years with you and the Twins and then I was 10 when you started, so I just won't mention that quickly. (laughs) (laughs) I get that a lot. (laughs) (laughs) No, but it's certainly been fun to catch you all these years, that is for sure. Uh, obviously, the biggest news today is the wild card uh, roster is set, and Byron Buck's not on it. But it shouldn't be that big of a surprise, right? I mean, he hasn't taken a a major league at bat in quite some time. Yeah, I think if he had come with us to Denver to get some at bats uh, that final weekend, there was a chance that he would be added to the playoff roster. He wasn't there, so no, it's not really a surprise. And you know, his absence on the roster might be nothing more than. Uh, you know, because of the injury to Royce Lewis. I think the Twins have seen enough from Royce to believe that he can serve as a designated hitter. They're going to have the, uh, you know, amber uh, light on for him when he's in the batter's box and when he's on base, and we'll hope that's a lot. Uh, but, you know, if if it's in the Twins' best long-term interest, meaning do we want the Twins to still be playing a month from now, to not have Royce Lewis try to play at third base, and then if he blows out, he's done till next year. I think Byron's absence is directly related to Royce's presence on the lineup. Speaking of Byron not going to Colorado, I don't think did Royce. I don't think Royce did either. Did he, Dick? 
No, no. He was back in the Twin Cities working yep. out along with Correa, along with uh, Buxton, along with today, uh, today's starting pitcher, Pablo Lopez. He didn't make the trip either. So, uh, it, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see how this all plays out. You know, everybody uh, is hoping that the Twins can exercise their demons. Um, but, of course, we all realize that, you know, Kyle Farmer had no part in the Twins postseason losing streak. Uh, neither did Royce Lewis, neither did Pablo Lopez, but yet you do what you have to do. And here in the Bramer household, we just got done watching the 87 twins highlight video. <laughs> so we're doing our part. <laughs> I love it. That was great. Boy, so much of it. What a great matchup. You I mean, these pitching, ma- pitching matchups the next two days for game one and game two. And, you know, if game three is, a uh, unnecessary, uh, really necessary, then that's going to be an interesting thing too. But Pablo Lopez, and then of course, Sonny Gray, and then Barrios in there tomorrow. So boy, today and tomorrow, that's a good pitching matchup both days. Yeah, and it's going to be important, I think, uh, to watch the weather here this afternoon. Right now, the sun is shining here in the suburb where I live, uh, and Justin has warned us uh, uh, all year long about how difficult it is this time of the year to hit a target field when the sun is shining. Now, you've got Gosman and Lopez going today. They don't need any help. They're one and two in the American League in strikeouts this year. But if the sun is shining... Uh, the team that scores first, and it may not be uh, till later in the ball game, but the team that scores first is going to have a huge advantage because it's really treacherous with the shadows of the ballpark creeping out over home plate, then over the mound. So let's see whether maybe we can work it out somehow where the sun is shining when the Blue Jays are hitting and it's cloudy when the Twins are up there. <laughs> what control that would be. Dick Bramer, right. uh, his presence brought to you by Jefferson Lines. On that point, uh, uh, Dick, and, and, and obviously being close to, to Rocco Baldelli and, and, and watching the way he manages and his staff, how they treat a game. Now, now we're sitting here where, you know, if you drop this one, all of a sudden your backs are against the wall if you win it. What a great opportunity. So, so because the Twins won games – not necessarily with the long ball consistently at times, even though they, they knock some over people's heads, Dick. Uh, I won't say, do, do you manage differently here? But will we see uh, some uh, uh, different type of ball, you know, bunting more, anything to try to get that lead because of what you just said about, you know, Gossman and whatnot? Yeah, I can promise you that the Twins are going to be studying the weather very carefully. So, too, will the Blue Jays. Maybe the Twins are a little more cognizant of the difficulty at target field. Uh, but you look at the high strikeout games uh, this year at target field, Sonny Gray had one very early in the season. Uh, you know, they're, they're games when the game starts in the mid afternoon, even in, during the summertime. And it'll be particularly an issue here today. If uh, the sun is shining. Now the forecast is around first pitch, partly cloudy skies and then clouding up over the course of the day. So maybe it'll be a moot point, but you're talking about, you know, best of three series. It's almost like it's a game 163 type situation. And we've, you know, it's been proven over, you know, century and a half. The team that scores first wins two thirds of the games. Now you've got a short series and that's really going to be important. And, uh, you know, we'll see whether the twins might be able to do something against Gosman early. They had a game, not this year, but last year where they lit him up pretty good. They realized he was tipping his pitches that's been cleaned up, obviously, with him leading the league and hitting. It's going to be a very interesting this, uh, game this afternoon, and I, I can promise you that nobody in the Twins clubhouse is concerned about the long postseason losing streak because, uh, you know, Polanco and Kepler have been a 
very small part of that, but most of this roster has no idea how frustrated Twins fans are because of the you know trouble they've had in October. Talk so much about the starting pitching, obviously, and there's a lot of talk about going into this weekend series against Colorado. I got a little nervous with the extra inning games, but the bullpen getting set up, but do you feel like Rocco has his bullpen where he wants to be and arms ready to go coming up today and for the rest of this week? Yeah, this has been a pretty good Twins team all year long, right? Well, just think about how the bullpen has been transformed since Labor Day. Louis Varland has joined the bullpen as a reliever, and he's been lights out. Brock Stewart, just a couple of outings, but it looks like he's back to where he was in the first half of the year before he got hurt. So, you know, for Lopez, Gray, and I'm sure it's probably true on the other side as well, if there's the slightest bit of trouble, if the Blue Jays, for instance, load the bases with one out in the fourth inning, the Twins' bullpen is equipped to take the game early and try to play it out to the end. Uh, the hope is that Lopez won't have any issues, but uh, you know I'm, I'm less aware, of course, of the Toronto bullpen. But this Twins' bullpen is ready to be a major, major factor uh, in this three-game series. Absolutely love that, uh, and you can even go long relief depending on how you use that because, again, shorter series allows you and affords you the ability to use some of those guys, Derek. Yeah, when I think well, – and Chris Paddock had a couple innings uh, in his return to the lineup at Target Field and pitched three effective innings uh, at Coors Field, so he would be the long guy if something uh, bad happens early. And then one thing, too, for fans to remember, if we go to extra innings anywhere in the postseason – there's no free runner at second base to start the half inning. It's traditional baseball. So I know last year the Mariners had a playoff game that I think lasted 16, 17 innings. So let's not rule that out either. It's going to be interesting, too, with Dallas Keuchel on the injured list, unfortunate for him, because I think he was hoping to be one of those arms of the bullpen that could help out. But it does open up an opportunity for Funderburk, who has looked pretty good. And I don't know how he'll be under the big lights of the postseason, but he's been a nice surprise. Uh, what is it now, 11 innings and I think one run allowed on a home run. So, yeah, he's been pretty good. And the big thing he's done, to his credit, he's shown the ability to throw strikes. And if he does that in October, he could be an important uh, arm out there as well. Part of me, and it's not fair to the Twins, Dick, would love to look at the, the ending chapters of this book this year and just to see how, a, because the story would be good, Dick. And it'd and, and be good in a way of uh, the resiliency uh, a, a mix, a blend of youth with some of those veterans and some of the veterans that had to battle through injury, been without Byron Buxley, we talked about, the uh, the emergence of, of arms and all this stuff. Rocco Baldelli, get, you know, his wife gives birth to twins during the season. I mean, the story would be good, Dick, wouldn't it this year? Yeah, and I think within all that, there is the underlying uh, theme here that uh, the twins have done a great job uh, developing their depth underneath or behind Byron Buxton. We all know that the Twins for the last four years, five years, have done as well as Byron does. He you know, has been the guy around which everything revolves in terms of the success on the field. Well, look what they've done. They've essentially played the second half of the year without him. They will go into this playoff series without him. Yet I think you have to feel pretty good if Royce Lewis is able to swing the bat and run ever so gingerly around the bases, the presumption is Correa, who's been a tremendous postseason player in his time you know, with the Houston Astros, uh, he'll be able to step up and deliver some big hits. And the Twins just need to get that first win. I've, I've said it so many times on the air and off, 
if they win today, the ghosts of the past will be behind them. And then this could be a very dangerous team to watch moving forward. Dick, uh, we obviously we spent a lot of time talking about the Twins, and that's what's important in their lineup and their roster and what they have. But if I throw names at you like Belt and Bochette and Bijo and Chapman and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and Whit Merrifield and uh, you can go down the list, George Springer, start talking about these guys. What what concerns you about this uh, pretty free swinging, if I can say that word, Dick, uh, Toronto Blue Jays bunch? Well, you mentioned a lot of really impressive marquee names, but the fact of the matter is the Blue Jays are in the tournament, right? They're, they're, they got a wild-card spot, and they will be a dangerous team. But for most of the year, their lineup has been a disappointment. They've had, other than Bichette, most of their guys have had off years. Even Vladimir Guerrero, you put his numbers up, and they look pretty good, but not compared to the MVP numbers he put up uh, in the past. And so the encouraging thing, I think, for Twins fans, and if you were to look at the first half of the season for Minnesota, honestly and objectively, you'd say it was an underachieving team offensively. Well, what they've done in the second half has, I think, offered some encouragement that this team now is playing offensively the way that we thought they would and should all year long. This lineup has come together. They've come together without Correa in Buxton and a good chunk of September uh, with Lewis, but they have won, what is it, eight of their last nine series since uh, September 1st, and the competition hasn't been playoff caliber for most of that run, but they've won series, and now all Twins fans are asking is, just keep winning series and we'll be fine. For sure. You you mentioned those second-generation players for the Blue Jays, so they got some household names, and Correa is, but... We've talked so much about what he's brought both on the field with the grand slams and the excitement and his charisma, what he brings to the uh, you know clubhouse as well. You think uh, Royce Lewis can be a household name when this series, maybe the MLB postseason is done? I guess I'm hoping anyway as a fan. If he hits in the postseason like he did in the regular season, uh, yeah, he'll be getting endorsements and all that kind of stuff. That's how good he was, and that's how crippling the injury was in the final weeks of the season. But let's not discount or diminish the impact that Eddie Julian and Matt Walner, the other rookies, can have in this lineup. If they can find a way to keep the heartbeat, uh, heartbeat low and just do what they did during the regular season, you know, we've talked about this before on this show. This is a, a championship team, but it's also been a team in transition with those three rookies. And I can imagine uh, Carlos Correa, who's seemingly almost played in as many postseason games as regular season games. Uh, Hopefully he'll be a calming influence, whether it's something he does verbally or just, uh, you know, non-verbally. If he can just get these rookies to relax and take it easy and and play their game like they did in the second half, uh, again, this could be a really fun team. Uh, to watch in October because they'll be playing it for a long time. Glad you brought that up, uh, Derek and Dick, because that usually is the case. Stars will be stars, but, boy, you always you always tend to see, and, Dick, you've been doing this a long time, you usually see one or two emerge, don't you, Dick, in postseason? Yeah, it, uh, the analogy we used on the telecast the other day is, you know, you look at this series and you hope that uh, Correa gets a big hit, you hope that, you know, Max Kepler gets a big hit, Polanco and all those, but usually – and I hated to bring this name up because Justin was sitting right next to me. Usually it's the Marco Scuderos of the world <laughs> who step up in that 06 series with Oakland. And remember, the Twins were thrilled 
that they could host Oakland in that playoff series rather than having to go to New York again. And Marco Scudero, I think, in three games hit four doubles and, and really was the star of that series for Oakland. So we'll see whether it's uh, Willie Castro or somebody like that that might step up and have that kind of impact in this series. Yeah, Dick's- that series haunts me. Frank Thomas came <laughs> back to haunt us, too. I mean, it was just right. all the inside-the-park home run that Tori did. Oh, just, all the victories and all the ghosts come out of the closet. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure at the Bremer Estate, you can open up a door and go, oh, don't open up that door. Those are the, That's the ghost door. Here's the victory door. Yeah, that, yeah. That's the I think I better go watch Game 7 and 91 again after yeah, that. That's yeah. it. It's a, and we brought it up, and I know time is short. we got to roll. But uh, uh, Matt Walner, again, for those that don't know, and I'll always bring this up, kid from Forest Lake, Minnesota, he committed to the University of of North Dakota uh, to play baseball, and for those that don't know, uh, the school, what many did, they, they cut programs, and that, unfortunately, was one of the programs that were cut, so Walner, of course, uh, you know, he, he got to find a new school. He goes down south of southern Mississippi, and the rest is history, Dick. Uh, it's an amazing story uh, for Matt Walner. It is, and again, for these three rookies who will be playing in the playoffs for the first time, I hope that it will be of great assistance to them that they will be playing their first playoff games at home. Uh, you know, for Lewis and for uh, Walner uh, and for, you know, Louis Varland uh, on the pitching side of things, uh, Julian, uh, they're all going to be playing uh, and hitting, uh, uh, getting their first playoff experience at home when uh, the fan base will be fully behind them. Maybe that'll help them uh, calm down just a little bit. Great stuff. Dick, it's always a treat talking ball. Can't wait to uh, to do it again. Uh, I could talk up to you up the I know. first pitch. It's Let's like, go. Like, yes. What are you doing for the next one? Unless, you, <laughs> unless you got like a roast beef in a crock pot or something. You got... Anyway, uh, Dick, thanks. Best of luck to the Twins. We'll talk to you soon, Dick. Thank you. You got it, guys. Dick Bremer, his uh, presence brought to you by Jefferson Lines. Something in there, you know, we're the master of questions, I guess, here, Derek, because we did the call thing earlier. I wish I'd have done this since we brought this up. Uh like your top two second generation ball players is is Ripken number one? Is Griffey in the I top three? I was going to say that you just stole the name because I mean, well, I mean, is is well Barry Bonds? Whether you, you agree, disagree, this, that, and another thing, the guy. But Bobby is pretty good. And... Yeah. So the best second top three Mount Rushmore of second generation players. Well, I watched two of them last night on ESPN two for a while. <laughs> Robbie Alomar? The, you know, I mean, because the Mannings are pretty good. Oh, oh yeah, those. Oh yeah, if I was staying with baseball, but oh, you're, you're right. I mean, yeah, just, just professional, you said yeah, major league baseball. Yeah, yeah I'm baseball. sorry, my bad. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, you're right on that. Yeah. Sam Dexter, his pops was a good ball player. He's got a brother that plays the ball, the Red Hawks and EAA champions of the baseball uh, Champions League tournament. What was that like to play in Yucatan, Mexico? All those people, all that pressure. You lose game one, you bounce back, win your next two, and win the title. Sam will tell us next on the Jack Michaels Show. Derek Hansen on 740 The Fan. 740 The Fan will highlight the best in high school sports each week with the fans' finest during the Jack Michaels Show, noon to 1 p.m. Listen each week. Check out 740thefan.com and the fan social media to see the fans' finest. Brought to you by Cass Clay. 73 men sailed up. The pitch, and Dexter turns on the ball. It's fair. Down the left field line. This is going to give the Red Hawks a lead. Pena comes in to score. Silviano comes in to score. The ball is spinning around the outfield, and Dexter has a two-run triple. It's 2-1. to one.
we got the captain joining us uh, back on uh, U.S. soil in the great state of Florida. Not far from him is Leobaldo Pena. I just got a text from Robbie Lopez, who's tuning in today, uh, coach of the whole crew. And Sam Dexter, the captain joining us. Uh, Sam, congratulations, man. I mean, what an experience in Mexico, Sam. How about that? How, how you doing today, Sam? I'm doing great, Jack. Thanks for having me on, man. And, uh, yeah, I just got back home. After just a, a wild week in Mexico, um, unbelievable experience, though. 10 out of 10. Um, you know, the tournament did a great job setting everything up for us. And, you know, all we, all we needed to do was just show up and play ball. And, and man, what a, what a great group of guys we had and, and just a great tournament. Sam, humor us for a second. What, what were the expectations? Now, there was obviously a big chunk of Red Hawks contingency on that team, and then obviously some other uh, really good ballplayers from the American Association. But it's not like you're going up against, you know, uh, the middle school in, in the biggest city in Maine. You know, you're going up against, you know, Mexican League champions, the Colombians, for goodness sakes. You, you've got so many different uh, uh, teams you're going what were the expectations going in, Sam? And then, or did it just feel like another couple of days of baseball? Well, you know, we—I think we overlooked maybe Cuba the first game. There, we, you know, we heard that the Mexican team was loaded and Colombia was going to be good. But you know, Cuba, Cuba gave us a, a hard fight that first game and, and ended up pulling away. Um, so I think that was a little bit of a reality check for everyone. But. Uh, geez, Mexico was a really good team. We got great pitching performances from from our own Colton Davis, and then Mitchell Verberg, you know, came in and and shut them down. But you know, it took almost every guy on that roster to to win the tournament. A lot of guys from Fargo stepped up, and and uh, you know, Dylan Thomas couldn't get out. Roy Morales from Milwaukee couldn't get out. So uh, just a a great team win as far as you know three games in a row to, to cap off the championship. You lose to the Cuban team, and now it's crunch time because it's a round robin, so fans don't know this. Now, you, you dropped that second one, and, and the odds of you making the championship game on Sunday were probably nil. So you've got to bounce back and put a win in the column, but you got to do it against the Mexican team uh, in their backyard at Yucatan. Well, I'd imagine that, and you can explain this. I was telling Derek uh, this. I, I said, if I'm not mistaken, Sam, they're like 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 cheerleaders and snare drums, and but you can describe the scene of what uh, I think it was. Was it Friday night? You faced uh, the Mexican team, but take us through yeah. that game. Yeah, I uh, I think we were all kind of anticipating, you know, a lot of noise, a lot of a lot of energy in the building, and, and it was just that, you know, they had. I heard noisemakers I've never heard before in my life, you know, going on <laughs> pre-pitch and during the pitch. So, you know, it was a super cool environment to be a part of. Uh, obviously, you don't get that everywhere you go. You're not going to get that on a on a Friday night in Sioux City, most likely. So, <laughs> um, just an awesome game to be a part of, and so glad we could we could pull it out. And like I said, our pitching was lights out almost the whole tournament. So, got to give a lot of credit to those guys. You know, we scored a couple runs for them, but geez, that's that's not easy getting a lot of those big league hitters out, and especially on their home field. Uh, the Mexican team, you know, they they were loaded, but, you know, we got right past them. I won't say it wasn't without controversy, but wasn't one Sam Dexter with that patented pull extra base hit down the line? Was there a little controversy about a fair foul ball? Then they got the call correct. Take us through that, Sam, in that game. Yeah, well, you know, I, I usually do a little painting with that line down the left field side, but <laughs> this one I could tell, it, you know, it hit right on the, 
the white chalk there uh, over the third baseman's head. And originally, I think the umpire went out with a fair ball sign and, and then was unsure and called it foul. So kind of halted the whole play. And luckily, they had replay down there. And, and I think they, uh, you know, they just got double confirmation and ended up scoring a run on that. And then DT, Dylan Thomas hit me in, I think, the next at bat. Those were the two runs of the game. So, you know, pretty pivotal moment in, in the whole tournament. But just glad I could contribute just a little bit uh, offensively for, for the team. And then on the, the, the title game on Sunday, uh, you guys set the tone. You mentioned Roy Morales, who just hit like it was a Little League series for going to say like 600 for the tournament. But, you know, you can't deny the arms. Alec uh, Olin finished it off, but uh, the big sycamore, Tyler Grower, as as good as you've seen him uh, stepping up in a, in a big environment like that, Sam? Oh, absolutely. Uh, TG was on, man. His changeup was on. He had those guys guessing, it looked like. And I think the, the day before we played Columbia, you could see that they were a real good hitting fastball team. Um, and, you know, I think that was to our advantage the last day with Grower throwing a lot of changeups, mixing a slider in. Um, just getting a lot of weak contact and strikeouts, just doing what he does, and and what a what a time to do it. The uh, the final thing for Sam Dexter joining us today from Florida, Leo Pena, by the way, is not far from Sam, but he's getting a, a haircut right now. <laughs> Sam's taking some time off. Uh, the uh, the ceremony, so you win the title. It's unbelievable. It's the first annual, and here is the the Red Hawks slash American Association team wins the title that now like the party begins and i think i saw i don't know if you were like hoisting up the trophy and then fireworks went up describe that scene and that <laughs> final out uh, sam and and the celebration and what that felt like oh it was it was amazing dubord came in you know got three quick outs and and then the party started pretty much they were bringing beers and cigars out for us <laughs> and coaster told me he he was gonna get handed the trophy then hand it over to me and then some of the guys want to do almost like a like a FIFA style where we all kind of have this oh with the trophy and, <laughs> and uh, you know it was just really cool you know the guys were were super happy it was like I said it was a long hard fought tournament it wasn't you know like we had a cakewalk by any means and and so we were happy to bring home the the inaugural trophy and. And, yeah, now we're champs, man. Yeah, Commissioner Josh Schaub, I think, uh, down there also. And and the last but not least, Sam, to be able to experience that with the number of guys that yet you were on that bus with all summer long, all those thousands and thousands of miles, to have a number of those guys with you, that had to be – that had to feel pretty good. Yeah, I feel like that was the coolest part, just, you know, being on the team with so many of those guys this year. And, you know, it wasn't easy for us uh, during the regular season and, unfortunately got eliminated in the playoffs but kind of it felt like we got another shot at it you know all being together and, and we know we were you know good players and, and on a good team so we got to kind of right the wrong and what a great moment for the whole league the, the whole American Association just showing that that the league is so legit and and you know we kind of got to, to prove that to a lot of people this week. Sam can be, uh, you know, today uh, Major League Baseball's wild card series begins, Sam, and, and you're speaking, as you know, you've been in Fargo-Moorhead long enough to understand that there's a lot of Twins fans also here. From a player's perspective that has been involved in a postseason, and, uh, and, and this one is the best of three, basically. You win two and you advance, and all three games would be at target field. 
Uh, Kevin Gossman going for a split finger guy, got a great splitty. Pablo Lopez going for the Twins. But from a player's perspective, uh, Sam, what is the approach of you professional ball players heading into it when they, when when it's now a condensed series and the only thing that matters is 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 game one? What's the thought process and how you win games like that? I think your focus just gets heightened so much, you know, in a in a short series. I, I could even remember telling somebody this week I've never been so exhausted after just a four-game series, you know, because every pitch you're just putting all your focus and energy in. You know, you're at bats, you're the time in the field, you know, in the dugout, before the game. I think it's such a high level of intensity and focus that, you know, I feel like brings the best out of guys, and that's why the playoffs are, are so great to watch. Yeah, that's pretty well put, Derek, right there. And like like Sam just said, you're almost exhausted because everything is – and then you got to do it again if you get a pass. I remember, you know, I think you hit the nail on the head because I remember I was a youngster watching 87-91 and it, just, it would just take all the emotion out of you. And even like watching the Cubs try to break the curse of the goat in 2003. Felt exhausting. Yeah, and then you – know, and I think 2003 and 2004 because I think you – I think a lot of America was pulling for the Red Sox to finally, until we got tired of the Red Sox again. Right, but, right. But, but I think from 2003 to 2004, it was kind of, oh, my heavens, and those seven games in the ALCS against the Yankees. And no, you're 100% right, Sam. It's just, that for whatever reason, when you watch sports in the postseason, you know, you think about the intensity of playoff hockey, right? right. Or me sitting almost thinking I'm having a panic attack the week before the NFC Championship game with Case Keenum. I mean, those – right. That's what. But, that's why we watch and listen. But but Sam, from an athlete's <laughs> mentality too, it's hit the ball to me. I want the ball. Right. Right. That that that's oh, that's absolutely. The, yeah. Absolutely. Every pitch is is hit me the baseball. You know, every at bat is you know I want this at bat. I you know I you can't really shy away from from those type of moments because it is it's kind of like your season's on the line. You're you know this is this could be it. So you really gotta you really gotta relish those moments. You know you want to try to have them because. It gets really hard when, when you start getting negative thoughts and, you know, you don't want the ball hit to you. You don't want the at-bats. And, and that's when, you know, the game kind of gets hard. So just having positive mindsets and, and you know, you know in the playoffs, it's like you have an at-bat, that's over, it's on to the next one. So it's a really short-term memory, you know, in the playoffs. And, and that's what I love about it. Of course, you probably heard the final call of Jax. You know, you guys win the American Association last year, and we've been talking about the final calls or whatever. Great call. Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, just think about two years in a row, you've had this emotion. I mean, you're kind of an embarrassment of riches right now, Sam. My heavens. You may not have won the American Association, but you go celebrate pretty much uh, the winning of North America. Right, right, right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's been unbelievable. And and it's hard right now to reflect on it because, you know, it just happened, but. Um, just hoisting a trophy up at, at the end of a season is is like a feeling that you just keep chasing. So uh, I've been so fortunate, you know, to do it pretty much two years in a row, and and just with a great group of guys. I think you know we really put Fargo Moorhead back on the map, um, you know, after their long run in the in the early and mid 2000s. But geez, what a run we've had uh, in the last three four years. And, and hopefully it continues. Sam Dexter, one of the uh, – I wish fans got a chance to, to hang out with Sam and Leo, who you're by, and these guys, Manny, you know, the whole crew that went down there. Uh, the biggest thing is, that, you know, Sam, what did you guys eat? That That's the uh, – <laughs> what did you have in Yucatan? I'm allergic, I know, Derek, to all of it, I'm sure. But 
I'm not the best guy to ask. Yeah, that's the wrong know, they thing. Were, yeah, they were serving chicken, rice, and vegetables almost every meal, even for breakfast down there. So I was staying pretty consistent, but tons of the guys were, uh, you know, they walked down to the taco stand, and that was a big hit. And, uh, you know, the, the food was amazing, though, I'll tell you that. They, they kept this cafeteria rolling almost every hour on the clock while we were there. So, you know, they fed us well and, and nothing out of the ordinary, although we had, a, we had stacks of mangoes before every game. I thought that was pretty cool. I love mangoes. See, that's the energy right there. That's <laughs> yeah. the mango. Even Sam Dexter would have mango. I know Sam's diet's pretty strict. <laughs> but that's it. Oh yeah, the mangoes were unbelievable, and they had bananas, oranges that were oh. green. They so you two balance each other out. Huh? I, yeah, I'm hungry now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I could. Yeah, I could. polar opposites. <laughs> we are. <laughs> Sam, another chocolate donut? I don't think so. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Sam, congratulations. Uh, I know there's a lot of folks tuning in that are awfully proud of you guys, and and give Leo a little fist pound for us too as well uh, next year. They're just tremendous job. And uh, stay in touch, brother, and uh, have some fun right. down there in Florida. Thanks, Sam. All right. Thanks a lot, Jack. Sam Dexter, the captain, uh, joining us today as uh, the FM Red Hawks and the American Association gets the win uh, down in Mexico. Thanks to Dick Brammer. Stick around. Common Man is coming up next. Twins, Blue Jays on KFGO today. Marlins, Phillies tonight right here on 740 The Fan. Stick around. Common is next on The Fan.